Well, good morning, church family. Hey, real quick, thanks for jumping online. For those of you on the other side of the camera, we love you. We can't wait to have you, uh, Lord willing, sometime with us in one of our services. And uh, before we jump into part six of our teaching series, Breakthrough, and we get to kind of wrap that thing up this morning, uh, let me just do a few announcements with you to let you know what's coming down the pipe and what's happening. Uh, I don't know if you know, but in three weeks from today, we have... Easter, Resurrection Sunday, which I say it's the Super Bowl of our faith. Christmas, we, we get Christmas. It's awesome. I'm a guy that loves Christmas. Um, but listen, and I, I say this, that Jesus is just another Jewish boy born if Easter never happened. And our entire faith rests on that moment, that resurrection, that resurrection Sunday. And what's going to be cool about Easter is we're doing baptisms on Easter Sunday. And I'm really excited about it. And I, I, I get more excited about your half clap and wooing, all right? Here's why. When people get baptized, they are announcing to the public and their church family and those that are here that they have chosen to follow Jesus. I love that. And I think sometimes we ought to count those more than many times just church attendance. Anyone can come. This is a declaration of faith. And so many of you have come into faith later in life and have started to follow Jesus, and it's time to get baptized. Jesus sets that example for us. He goes to, down to the Jordan River, meets John the Baptist, which is his cousin, and John the Baptist sits there and goes, listen, I'm unworthy to do this. And Jesus says, do it. And he gets dunked. Jesus gets dunked in the Jordan River at the age of, we, we think maybe around 30. Right there is when Jesus started his ministry. He got dunked at the age of 30. And he starts his public ministry for the next three years. But it was that moment as Jesus was dunked into the water and came out. It said the, the sky parted and it appeared to be like a dove descending on Jesus, which was the Holy Spirit. And then you hear this loud voice that says, this is my beloved son. With him I am well pleased. And you get this idea that God is kind of commissioning his son now to go and do three years of ministry. You look in the book of Acts, anytime someone got saved and came to faith, they got baptized. And maybe for you, you haven't got baptized yet. You can sign up right now at theradiantlife.church. Right there on the homepage, there's a quick button for you to hit. And you can do that right now and ignore the next 60 seconds of what I say, okay? Do that now. We're going to have it on our Saturday night services as well as our Sunday morning services. And Easter is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun celebration. And we've got some little fun things out in the lobby that is going to hopefully be a blessing to you in three weeks from today. What is really fun, not only this, is in six days from today is our Saturday service, baby. <laughs> six o'clock. And... Um, well, it's been fun just being in the community and telling people about our Saturday service. And uh, a lot of our community seems thrilled. It's one, one thing to seem really thrilled about it. It's another one to actually partake in it, right? There's a big difference between the two. And uh, maybe for your schedule, Saturday night works better. Maybe for others, you've been inviting friends and family. They just says, the weekend doesn't work. I can't do the morning. But now we're going to launch it. We've got this Saturday night thing at 6 o'clock. And that is this Saturday. All right, six days from now. So maybe that's your ticket. You want to invite someone. You want to start attending our 6 p.m. I say this is for a season. 
because we want to see how this goes. This may be a short season or it may be a super long extended season. Who knows, right? Whatever the Spirit's going to do, we're going to follow and obey with that. But not only also launching on uh, Saturday the 20th of this week, um, we are launching what I kind of kicked off last week, the 14 days, days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I asked you last week, again, if you missed it, jump online at the radiantlife.church, the media page, look at last week's message. The idea is for us to partake in a spiritual fast as we really seek more of the presence of God in our lives. And for some of us, that's going to be our breakthrough. That's what's been missing all along is that prayer and fasting in our lives. It's a spiritual discipline that many of us just haven't really engaged with yet. And so I asked if you would do either three things, a complete fast, a partial flat fast, or a selective fast. And again, I explained those last week. You can watch that message. Some way, somehow, that we are depriving our bodies of the physical food in this world and seeking God in those moments of hunger pains in our lunch hour, right? In those moments. Also, I'm asking the entire church to do a soul fast for 14 days. Some sort of soul fast that gets us off maybe certain things of the world that we're really tied into. Maybe perhaps it's video games. Maybe perhaps it's social media. Maybe you watch too much TV. I realize I'm, I really love TV. Is there any other ones that can relate to me? I, I really, it's like I can break away from the world and I can stare at a screen all day. Especially old James Bond movies. I'm not supposed, it's hard to, I'm not, there's risque stuff in there. It's hard to say a movie on stage and people are like, oh, pastor, you endorse that movie. No, I'm not saying that. Just saying I can get glued to a screen sometimes, right? And so maybe for some of us, it's a certain soul fast in the, in the midst of a food fast that we're going to do in these next 14 days. But we're excited about it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right into this week's message as we wrap up our breakthrough, What's Holding You Back series. And I, I just felt like I needed to bring some good news to you this morning. But you always know when good news comes, bad news. But we give you good news first. Oh, well, you just, some of you say, oh. Like, oh, it's, not good. it's all good. It's all good news. But I need a little feedback from you this morning, especially for the first half. Deal? We're going we're gonna to pretend like we've picked up Radiant Life out of southwest Michigan, and we're down in the south right now where I'm going to get a lot of feedback, okay? A lot of feedback. You can even throw the southern accent if you want in, all right? I'm here to tell you this morning, I know some of you may be highly discouraged, but I'm here to tell you this morning, you are marked. Say, I am marked. I am marked. You are marked. If you follow Jesus Christ, if you have put your faith and trust into Jesus Christ, you are marked by his power and his presence in your life. It is the Holy Spirit who resides in you. In fact, in the, book of Ephesus, or in the book of Ephesians, written to the first century church in the city called Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, when you believed, when you came into faith, the moment of what we consider salvation, you were what, friends? You were marked in him with a seal. What is it? The promised Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit marked inside of you if you follow Jesus this morning. I love what the Christian Standard Bible, the translation says on this verse. It says, in him, you, in him, you also were sealed 
with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. This is an idea of back in the ancient world when a king would send a letter out. The king would have a ring and an, a signet on it that he would dip it in wax and close your envelope by sticking his ring on it with the wax. And it had the seal of the king. So when you received that letter, you knew, whoo, it's pretty important. It's from the king. And that's what Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus to helping them understand that when you come into faith, you are marked, you are sealed by the power and presence of God who is the Holy Spirit inside of you. One more time, say, I'm marked. Not only are you marked, I believe you are marked for more and for greater things than what you may be experiencing right now. Not only are you marked, but you are empowered. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are empowered. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm empowered. I'm empowered. Not only are you marked as a follower of Jesus with the power and presence of Holy Spirit, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Here's what the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 reads. This is Jesus' words as he's describing who the Holy Spirit is to his disciples. You will receive what, friends? Power. power. When? When do we get the power, Jesus? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's when you will receive power. Back in November and December, I did a teaching series titled Holy Spirit. We spent about seven, eight weeks just trying to understand Holy Spirit in our lives. Who is this third member of the Trinity? What is this Holy Spirit thing? Because many of us, we've been, we got jaded against Holy Spirit. We saw things abused maybe in churches or on TV or whatever. And we wanted to negate all that and really come back to say, God, what is this? And I made a comment in the midst of that series where I said, Holy Spirit in you is greater than Jesus beside you. Because Jesus tells his disciples, listen, they don't want Jesus to go away. Why would you, right? You are following this Jewish teacher, this rabbi, who's claiming to be the son of God. You are following him. In the midst of that, he's, he's an amazing teacher. He's captivating. He's got the audience, and you're, you're into it. And then you see all these miracle after miracle after healing, and you're like, wow. And the disciples don't want Jesus to go. But in all of that, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, listen, I have to go. It will be better for you that I go so I can send the Spirit with you and you will do greater things than I with you. The Holy Spirit in us is greater than the Jesus beside us. You are empowered. You're empowered. You're marked by the Holy Spirit. You are empowered by the presence and power of Holy Spirit in your life. I think we have to fully understand that as followers of Jesus. Fully grasp who we are and who our identity is. Because things in life will get in our way. And we'll forget the power and presence of God in our life. Back to the book of Ephesians. The guy by the name of Paul writes this letter. Now, what I like about Paul is, as you always remember, Paul used to be called Saul, hated Jesus, wanted to stomp out the Jesus movement, had letters in hand, went city to city, persecuting just Christians and jailing Christians. He wanted it to stop. And in the midst of it, he's on his way up 
to a city called Damascus, and he's on his way up, and God meets him in a powerful way. Jesus is right there, meets him, shakes him up a little bit. He surrenders his life to Jesus, and he gets his name changed from Saul to Paul. Two-thirds of your New Testament is written by this guy who once hated the Jesus movement. God can use anyone, anyone. No matter what you did last night or what you did three years ago, God isn't done with you. You may have given up on yourself, but your God calls you, man, I love you, and he's pursuing you. He has not given up on you. Paul loves the church of Ephesus. He always wants to go there and plant a church in the city of Ephesus. It's about 400,000 people at the time of Paul. He gets there finally. Uh, His first trip, he wasn't allowed to. It actually says the Holy Spirit kind of pushed him away from the city. The city of Ephesus, not only is it large, it's, it's a crazy city. It's the fourth largest city in the ancient world. It's a mix between New York City and Las Vegas. It's got the high rise, the business, the culture of New York City, but it's got the wild living of Las Vegas. And that's where Paul wants to go. He's like, yeah, take me there. We need to start a church there because everyone knows every broken community needs some sort of presence of God there. And Paul's like, take me there. And he finally gets to go there. So when you read the book of Ephesians, not only is it special because it's in God's word, but understand the story of how special Paul wanted to go there. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, I love what Paul's writing to these Christians. He reads It reads this way, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with what, friends? Power through his spirit in your inner being. I love that. That there is power. Paul's writing to the church and says, hey, Christians, don't forget, God's heart is to strengthen you with power. The question becomes, where is that power? And Paul answers it for us. God wants to strengthen you with power right here in your inner being. Right here is where God wants to do. He wants to do a heart work on you. Transformation of your entire heart. And we know that God, this is what God looks at. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 reads this way. For the Lord sees not as man sees. The Lord looks on the what, friends? The heart. See, we have an issue with this a little bit. Because our culture and our time constantly is screaming at us. Look on the outside. Look on the outward appearance. Look what they do. Look at the cosmetics. Look at their fitness plan. Look at their skinny jeans and their new white kicks on stage. (laughs) Eyes here. Don't look at my shoes. (laughs) But we look at those outward things, don't we? What are they wearing today? How's their social media doing? We look there, but we know what God's after. A total transformation of right here. He's after the heart. And Paul's writing to those Christians in Ephesus saying, listen, God wants to strengthen you with power right here, your heart, your inner being, where everything in life flows from. He wants to strengthen you with power right here, right here. Okay, Ryan, I'm I'm for it. But how does he do that? Through his spirit. The Holy Spirit that resides in you will strengthen you with power right here. 
I love the biblical writers don't leave us with questions. Oftentimes, they don't leave us with questions. Because here they say, well, why? So that. Paul's not done. He's like, hey, church, I know, want you to know the heaven, your heavenly father who loves you deeply wants to strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. Change you from the inside out so that Christ, the one who took your sins on the cross for you, the one who loves you and can forgive you, the one you and I are called to be the aroma, the smell of Christ to this world, Jesus, so that Jesus may may dwell in your hearts through what, friends? What's this word? Wow. This entire series we've been talking about having supernatural faith to experience breakthroughs, and here it is. That Holy Spirit wants to give you power right here so that Christ may dwell in you and give you the supernatural faith you need for life. You ever want to test the Spirit's Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus. What is Holy Spirit putting you, giving you power so that Christ may dwell? So he's pointing us to Jesus in this moment. And I love Paul's not done. So that you may be filled with the fullness of God. You know why Paul begins to write that your heavenly father wants to strengthen you with power through his spirit where right here in your inner being so that Jesus may dwell with you so you can have supernatural faith. Why? So you can experience an absolute filling of the fullness of God. Not a half filling, not a partial filling. Oh, so you can experience the greater filling in life. It's, listen, friends, it's not about a greater feeling. It's about a greater filling. That's what we're missing. Too many of us, we may come to church and sit there and go, I, I just want my warm and fuzzies today. It's not about a greater fil- uh, feeling. It will always be about more of you, God. Fill me more. Help me be greater because there are things in my life that I need your power to break through. But what I realized is that when you experience the greater feeling, you'll experience greater feeling. But we seek it in the opposite way. You got to know in your life, if you follow Jesus this morning, you are marked. One more time. Let's read it together. I am marked. One more. I am empowered. You are. I, want, I, I know this for a fact. The enemy wants to tell you, stop. You are all this that you wrote on the walls the last several weeks. You'll never experience the breakthrough you need. And too many of us, we come in here now and we question if we're really marked and empowered by Holy Spirit. Because the reality is we come to a wall and realize, God, I need, I need your power and presence so I can have a breakthrough. pastor says, I'm marked, I'm empowered, but I'm afraid. I'm dealing with fear. I'm dealing with distractions. 
There's, there's fear, there's gluttony, there's trust things, there's anger, there's a broken family in my life, God. I have negative body image. I, I just trust, am I satisfied? There's control, there's self-doubt. I have to let go of resentment in order to forgive. There's so many things. There's un, I just unknown, there's bitterness. I have temper issues. I don't have self-confident at all. I'm dealing with lust. I need healing. I'm an anxious person. I have bitterness resentment and anger. I'm a failure. There's self-doubt. There's self-talk of worth. I, help! Help! I don't know if I'm really marked. I don't know if I'm really empowered by Holy Spirit. Understand this morning, you are according to God's word. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is there through it all. You are marked, you are empowered, and what the enemy can't destroy, he will distract. You cannot get destroyed. The devil will try everything to throw things at you. Well, he will try everything to oppress you. Demonic oppression, not possession. Because you are already possessed by God. You are his. You are marked. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. But oh, can there be oppression in your life? And the problem is if he can't destroy you, he's going to try to distract you. Get caught up in all of this stuff. And when we get distracted, here's what happens. We drift. We drift. We slowly get away from everything that God is calling us to do and to be. A year ago, we brought this story to you, and I really felt compelled to bring it again. Something amazing happened in 1763 to this city, Rodney, Mississippi. Rodney, Mississippi is known as the forgotten city. What was interesting about Rodney, Mississippi is that in 1763, Rodney, Mississippi was known as the Little Gulf. This city was booming. It was a city that had the Mississippi River running right down the main artery of town. Then something happened. By the 1900s, this entire city was a ghost town. No churches, no business, no population, literally population of Rodney, Mississippi, zero. What happened? In the 1800s, it saw a tick. Why? Because of the river. The Mississippi River drew people to Rodney, Mississippi. It was booming in the 1800s. It was doing incredible things that people, you wanted to start a business, you're moving to Rodney, Mississippi. You're moving here. Why? Because you're right on the Mississippi and you can move your commerce up and down like crazy. Churches were being planted. You want a thriving church? You went to Rodney, Mississippi. You were moving and wherever you lived, if you lived in Mississippi, you were uprooting your family and moving here. It was booming. Commerce, business, everything was booming. The weekends, visitors would be flooding Rodney, Mississippi. All because of that Mississippi River was right there and life was flourishing for this city. It grew larger than the capital of Mississippi, which is Jackson, Mississippi. They actually looked and said, should we move the capital here? It's bigger than our capital city. They decided not to, but something strange happened to a booming city. 
over time, that Mississippi River that ran right down the middle of the city, that the entire city was built around. What happened was debris got in the way. And once that main artery that was running through Rodney, Mississippi, the debris began to pile up on the sides. And over time, the river slowly bent away from the city. Until the late 1800s, the city was three miles away from the Mississippi River. They realized the river of life is drifting away. And now it's a ghost town. They drifted. They didn't adjust in the midst of the drift because it was so gradual and slow. They just got away. With zero people residing there now. And some of us look and say, I feel like that thing right there. I feel like that. John Wesley in the 1700s. John Wesley was an incredible communicator. He jumped on his horse and went all throughout England. And uh, he went on these circuits teaching people. And they were experiencing revivals. And it was amazing. You ought to really read on John and Charles Wesley. That just incredible a communicator in what they did for the gospel. And they wrote a lot of hymns as well. But uh, John Wesley has a beautiful statement that relates so well to this story. John Wesley says this. My fear is not that our great movement, known as the Methodists. Now, do you know why they were ever called Methodists? Because John Wesley started that movement. It was a nickname given to them because John Wesley had a certain way to do a Bible study. He had a method to read the Bible. So they deemed the word Methodists to what John Wesley was doing. My fear is not that our great movement, known as the Methodists, will eventually cease to exist or one day die from the earth. That's not his greatest fear. His greatest fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire, the power, the excitement, the supernatural element that makes us great. Who is John Wesley referring to? He's referring to the Holy Spirit. He's afraid that forget the movement. We're going to get away from Holy Spirit, the one who will bring you the fire, the power, the excitement, the supernatural element that makes believers and Christians who they are. His fear was we get away from Holy Spirit. If we get away from Holy Spirit, we get away from life and power. Rodney, Mississippi knew that. Because water was life to them and the entire industry and businesses and everything else rested on that Mississippi River. But the river drifted. They got away and they failed. So many of us, I'm just wondering if today we are so discouraged we just look like Rodney, Mississippi. Ryan, I had the power once. It was unbelievable. The prayers that I was praying, what I was, man, I couldn't stop not getting into God's word. I woke up excited every morning. I just, just not there anymore. It's not there anymore. 
This is why I truly believe. As followers of Jesus here this morning, as Christians, those, if you believe in who Jesus is, we must, friends, we must be bathed in the power and presence of Holy Spirit. We must be clothed in his power and presence. We must be dripping the presence of Holy Spirit. Because life will throw curveballs at you. And we will experience some deep, deep stuff that only Holy Spirit can break through. The disciples knew this. Jesus knew the disciples needed Holy Spirit. John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus actually has already died. He was buried. He rose again from the grave. And now for the next 40 days, he's hanging out with the disciples, doing some last-minute instructions before, for good, he's in heaven. And here is what Jesus does with his disciples. He says, after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the moment that the disciples received salvation, if you will. Because when you are saved and you come into salvation, Holy Spirit is a gift to you. He resides right here. The problem is the disciples received Holy Spirit, but they weren't clothed with his power yet. That was the issue. I think that's for us today, many of us, that's where we're at. I'm saved, we're going to heaven, but there's so much more. Holy Spirit's sitting there going, let me have my way. Man, it's gonna be awesome. Woo! We're going for a ride. You're gonna experience the, as we read in Ephesians chapter three, the fullness of God now in your life. Listen, we don't have to wait to get to heaven. We can have heaven here now. Jesus' prayer, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we get a glimpse of heaven now. We don't have to wait till we're six feet under the ground. Whoo! And some of us need it. You need it in your marriage. You need it in relationships. You just need it personally for your own breakthrough. And then this is what happened in the book of Acts, wonderful book. It's a book of actions. That's why it's Acts. And it says this, for John, this is Jesus talking to his disciples again. For John, who's John? John the Baptist, who I told you, baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. This is John the Baptist, who is the cousin of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, hey, yo, my cousin, baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Now, we don't have to be afraid of this. What does baptism mean? Immersed or filled. It's a covering. And the disciples, remember, they hadn't had that yet. They've received the Spirit right here upon salvation. They just haven't been baptized, immersed, bathed, clothed yet in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And then Pentecost, which I did a whole message on what Pentecost means. It's not spooky or scary. It means 50. 50. And we know everyone in that room. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were clothed and bathed in the power and presence of God now. And then Paul, as I'm closing here, as Paul writes back to the church in Ephesus, he understands this idea. Because he reminds the Christians in Ephesus, remember, New York City, Las Vegas living. He says this, do not get drunk on wine. That's Las Vegas living. That's things of the flesh. That's what the enemy wants you to fall into, which leads to reckless living. But what does Paul say? Be filled by the Holy Spirit. 
Be filled, be clothed, be bathed, be marked by the Holy Spirit in your life. Oh, friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, you are marked. You are marked by the Holy Spirit. And listen, you are empowered. You are empowered enough to be able to grab whatever that is and allow Holy Spirit in your life to come and say, listen, there are some very horrible things in my life, destructive things, things I'm tired of carrying around, things that feel like mountains in front of me. But I'm telling you, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you are what lives in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than he who is in the world. The enemy's after your soul. That's serious. The enemy absolutely is out to seek, kill, and destroy you. But we have the power, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you as a follower of Jesus. And you can look to the wall. It says, I have unhealthy sexual desires. Help me find truth. Help me get quiet times, my chair time. Help, help these soul ties, this gluttony, fear, anger, boyfriend stuff, family mental illness, my broken family, rejection, lust, distraction. Say, Holy Spirit, I need your power. I need it. But it's only going to happen if you and I are bathed in the power and presence of Holy Spirit. You've got to be filled. Let us not be Rodney, Mississippi. That we once had it, but we got away from the life of the river. The team's going to lead us in a beautiful brand new song that we have never shared before. It's called fresh wind. And that's what Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit is the power and presence of God in our lives. That's residing here. He has marked you. You are empowered. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We have God the Father, the creator of all things. You have Jesus Christ, his son, who died on the cross for you. And now both of them are in heaven. But the Holy Spirit lives in you. The power and presence of God. He is your comforter. He is your uplifter. He's the one that will gently convict you when sin is in the way. He's the one that when we get off the path, he says, hey, 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 son, daughter, let's get back on the path. He's your fresh wind. He's that breath of fresh air. He's the ruach in your life. And he's the pneuma, the Hebrew and Greek words for Holy Spirit. 